This episode contains explicit language. If you're listening with kids in earshot, you might want to turn this off or put your headphones in. This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. You know, life is delicious when you live in San Diego. We eat, we share, we love. And yes, this is our tagline for San Diego Restaurant Week. It will be happening on September 24th to October 1st. Over 180 restaurants participating with lunch and dinner option. Go to sandigorestaurantweek.com and celebrate with us our cuisine, our locale, and our friends. Dine Local SD, serving up the latest in the San Diego culinary world with a pinch of history. Specialty Produce Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Dine Local SD podcast number 22. I am your oh, host. Oh, the Specialty Produce <laughs> Network. I'm your host, Kelly Orange. And today, we have Anthony Sensei. On the Specialty Produce <laughs> Network. Of J6 Restaurant, which is located in Hotel Salomar in this on the podcast. I like the emphasis on the Salomar. <laughs> this is going to be a good one, guys. Are you ready? <laughs> and I also have uh, Chef Cat. Chef Catherine Humphus. <laughs> oh, we missed. We're Sweet. fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah. If you guys are, are not watching live, uh, they totally just uh, biffed a hype. It's all right. Up. Nobody's watching live. <laughs> What? Scroll. <laughs> scroll. Scroll by. <laughs> um, J6 is a neighborhood restaurant and bar located in East Village where one can celebrate the simple things in life. It's on the corner of J and 6. It's a geographically inspired name. Oh. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Judy and I were trying to go there the other day and I'm like, I swear it's right here. And she's like, we're on the wrong street. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, it's J and 6. J6, Kelly. What street were you on? I was, she was on I was like on 12th island. and on island. 12th like, and island. Yeah. It's right here. Guys. That's where homeless people are. We're not near there. <laughs> they trickle in. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh, okay. Where was I? <laughs> that should be a game. Let's play. Where's Kelly Orange? I'm floating. Somewhere. Find the, the orange. <laughs> on the special to Protoss Network. <laughs> so J6 offers modern American cuisine sub subtly sub, sub <laughs> subtly influenced by chefs and say it's Filipino roots. That's true. You can expect an ever rotating menu committed to quality, locally and sustainably sourced ingredients. You Man. really screwed up this whole <laughs> advertisement. <laughs> Starting from the top. <laughs> can I have a do-over? <laughs> Uh, welcome. But at least it's not live. Right. Sorry, guys. It's uh, kind of live. There's one viewer. We have a viewer. Oh, it's delayed. Oh. You guys better get these bleeps ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you hadn't, haven't heard yet, if you have kids in the car and you're listening to this, um, you should... Turn it down. Yeah. yeah. Put your headphones on. Just, just the fade. Baby earmuffs. <laughs> Baby earmuffs. <laughs> so their first word shit. <laughs> There's yeah, well, worse. What were your, so while we're on that, what were your first kids? What were your kids' first words? Uh, my kids' first words? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was either mommy or daddy. Yeah, something like that. 
Some, it wasn't, something. It wasn't a Filipino dish. No, it was not. <laughs> no, I, I slowly started introducing them to that. <laughs> Balot. <laughs> it's the street vendors. Oh. Balot is a little duck egg oh, with the embryo already formed. Yeah, you're like, here's your first drive, <laughs> first food. <laughs> Pass them out on <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> okay, trick or treat. <laughs> this is one balot for you. Oh my goodness. All right, so your food is, um, or your your cuisine is influenced by your Filipino roots. Yeah, so the way we describe it is the the food that we're doing is inspired by a, a fat Filipino kid from South San Diego who is cooking food that uh, that he remembers growing up. And so the food that we're doing is, I don't I don't even pretend to call it traditional Filipino because it's not. It's... These are Americanized versions um, of Filipino dishes that I remember as a kid. Now, there is still the traditional roots that we have to it, but um, I'm I'm born and raised here in San Diego, in South San Diego. I went to Southwest High School. I grew up in Nestor. And so a lot of the food influences that I have are San Diegan, but still Filipino, you know, in, in its in its roots. So a lot of the food that we're doing there is, is for instance, one of the dishes is um, our beet paxil. So uh, paxil is just a cooking method that means to cook in vinegar. So um, we're taking beets and, and, and local beets from, you know, wherever we, uh, wherever we can get some specialty produce farmer's market truck. <laughs> hey, chef. Someone just walked by. It chef, was Chef Alex Herbio. I wasn't just being ADD. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was Chef Alex Carballo, who's I'm sure picking up things for his Taco Tuesday takeover tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so yeah, that's that's along the lines of what we're doing. Is it's it's all inspired by my own childhood, not necessarily just Filipino, but there's also some Hispanic influence. There's also some you know quintessential San Diego influence in this in the food that we're doing as well. Yeah, Kat and I and Judy, our producer Judy, producer the, Judy, who's in the box back she's there, she's over there. Um, we we've been down. I think Kat's been a couple times been now. Twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we had the the beet. How do you say it? Baxio. Baxio. Um, and that is delicious. Like I'm Thanks. I'm a huge fan of beets, but I've never had it you know, warm prepared and, that way. Yeah, warm and vinegary. Yeah, <laughs> warm and vinegary. And it was just the colors were gorgeous. Um, Thank you. The you know the different um, there were, you know like a lot of microflowers on it too. You know that. I don't. I don't know if that's a. No, not not ne- not necessarily. We use uh, some coriander blossom on there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just. It was just the presentation was gorgeous. It comes in like a little cast iron. Oh, you put dish. It oh yeah, you can. You guys can see it on your screen. Um, if you're watching live, uh, if not, you can go to the J Six Restaurant um, Instagram and see it as well as uh, Dine Local SD Cat. She's <clears throat> up there as well. Um, I mean, it's just. I mean, it just looks like a garden. You yeah. got this whole setup here. It's pretty good. Right? Yeah. I and think... it's 10.08. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the cool things, well, there's a lot of cool things about J6, but something that I noticed, I brought, the first time I went to J6, I brought, when I was a ninja diner, I'm just going to cut you off and say, yeah. I, I dined you came without, in and didn't tell anybody? I, I, just, I didn't mean to. It just happened. But um, we ordered that, and I was with my neighbor, who's not a super adventurous eater, but to... To him, it just he he was getting a beet salad, mm-hmm. and and so it was approachable for him to be like, yeah, I want a beet salad. I like beet salads. And then when we ate it, we're like, 
what did they do to this? Because it's it tastes different. It tastes better than most beet salads out there. So I really like how it's like very approachable to someone who has never had Filipino food or isn't familiar with Filipino food. But then you can also taste the the something extra, the, the something special. And not even you can necessarily understand what it is until you talk to you. Well, see, and that's the thing is that's that's part of what we're trying to achieve at J6 is we're, I don't want the dishes to be so in your face about, you know, this is traditional Filipino food and, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, even if you look at the menu, it it doesn't read that way. It reads approachably. I, I want the dishes to be um, to be approachable to our guests you know like you you wouldn't know that this was influenced by my roots by filipino cuisine if you just read the menu the way it was or even if you just had some of the dishes if if you if i didn't tell you that that beet dish was filipino influenced you probably wouldn't know and and that's that's kind of what i want i want our guests to to be excited about what we're doing not because it's filipino food but because it's good Mm -hmm. you know and that's and, really good, and that's really the, and that's good. the bottom line is you know if you use great ingredients and you try not to fuck them up, then then you have a great you have a great dish. Right. That's that's what we yeah. what we do as chefs. You know, I mean, I, I say it all the time. The the beet dish, you know, it's it's very natural. You know, the the beets are cooked in vinegar. There is some crispy garlic. Uh, it's cooked with ginger, garlic, um, scallions. Um, White distilled vinegar. I mean, that's what people use for cleaning. I mean, that's what that's what I grew up with is white distilled vinegar, and and you just put a little bit of uh, manchego cheese to finish it. And you know, I I didn't do that. God did that. You know, and so it's like <laughs> all I did is I put it into a cast iron skillet and and gave it to you. Yeah, that manchego was like. I was like <clears throat> What is this? I've never yeah. you know because I've never had it in like a warm yeah, state. Like yeah, that you know I was just. And eating all of that, you know, all the all the pieces together just made it. Manchego, so Manchego, kind of made sense for me because it is a Filipino inspired dish, and we're kind of giving a nod to our, you know, not necessarily a nod, um, but it, you know, our Spanish colonial rule that you know we had, and I mean, we're using a Spanish cheese, mm-hmm. you know, it's also inspired by my time with Jose Andres, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're, there's a lot of different you know things that play on just that dish alone. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, producer Judy. Had never had a beat before. What? Yeah, what? she's had it. I know. You work at specialty she's, and you've never had a beat before. She's not. She's like your your friend who's yeah. not a very adventurous eater. Like me, try getting her to go out to eat it's, and try different things is. It's a is beat one of though. It's not things. adventurous. <laughs> they have it on school cafeteria <laughs> salad bars. But she loved it. You, you know, you can buy so. cans. And beets are kind of something that people, a lot of people, either love or hate too, yeah. because it's very earthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people just can't get past that. I love them. I mean, they're sweet and delicious, and I will eat them all the time. <laughs> but you know, it's just really Turns your poop red, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just if, if you didn't know that already, like, be careful. <laughs> My producer in there is um, having a good time. um, But yeah, I think it's, you know, that being approachable and being, um, having all the different, the different flavors in there was just, you know, spicy, sweet. Um, The like earthiness was just so delicious. And I want that for lunch again now. Yeah, we should go there for lunch. We're not Um, open for lunch. Damn it. Dang. <laughs> yeah, um, that was the problem before. We tried right. to go to lunch. <laughs> so they're yeah, only How many times dinner. did you try to come there? Well, well every day. Yeah. We're like, we do have burgers. 
We don't remember stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, let's try again yeah. today. Maybe they'll be open. Nice. So, oh, they're open. J6 is open Monday through Friday for breakfast, 7 a.m. to 10.30. Yes, Dinner, open for 5 p.m. We've got a really good PM. breakfast menu, too. Oh my God. And the bar is open Tuesday through Saturday, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Nice. This is all available on our website. Yeah. J6.com. So, J6, J6 restaurant. restaurant. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Gosh. So man. in the two times that I went to J6 last week, I think I had every single dish on the menu. Just about. Yeah, just, just about. about. There was like two that I didn't. But what? Dishes were those because now you have to come. There was back. a little gem situation. Oh yeah, that was our Caesar. Okay, that was our Caesar salad. And there was one other that I saw. That oh, I... the mixed greens. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't give I you didn't the mixed that. greens. Yeah. Yeah. But I pretty much had everything else. Everything was so good. Like I can't stress this enough. Um, but my favorite—well, not my favorite, but just one of my favorites—something that really surprised me, I'll say, was your half chicken. And I'm the type of person that never orders chicken when I go out because I feel like it's always going to be underwhelming. And this was so overwhelmingly delicious. So can you tell me how you make so it's So the marinade that we use on it is it's based on another traditional dish called uh, chicken inasal. So inasal is in, – in, um, the way that I grew up with it, it was 7-Up in soy sauce. So it could be any lemon lime soda that you want. It doesn't matter. You use Shasta. I don't care. Um, but it was it, yeah. It was essentially seven up in soy sauce um, with achiote, um, some garlic, ginger, scallions, uh, white distilled vinegar, calamansi juice. Oh, the calamansi. Yeah. So all of those flavors at work. We marinate in that for twenty four hours. We basically a brine, and then mm. you know we. We par-roast it and we finish it on the grill. You know, it's just simply made. You know, we, we actually serve it with uh, some of the local squash that we're getting from the farmer's market truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also featured uh, Tokyo Negi on there that we yeah. also got from the farmer's market truck that day, that uh, which was really fun. And um, Tokyo Negi? They're giant green onions. They're like, they're like four, huge. four feet. Whoa. Yeah, they're massive. And we didn't even cut them for her plate. Yeah, just like, oh, so you can she had like, a, like swirl them around? Yeah, yeah she had a... <laughs> A giant onion on a plate. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that big. You kind of cut it. Yeah, we kind of cut it. Um, but And then it came with that duck fat rice. <laughs> yes. So we take jasmine rice and we just, as soon as it's steamed, we mix it with uh, with duck fat. And then- Life changing. It's just, wow. it's literally just fat rice. We are duck fat rice. And we just finish it with the uh, ilocana asin that you guys have here too. What's that? From Crossroads. It's a That's Filipino the, sea salt. The sea oh. salt, right? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so the, that was another really fun part of the experience for me was that every Friday I get to see your lovely face at 12 on the dot with the farmer's market truck. Yeah, it's not 12 on the dot. I know. It's more like 12.15 and yeah. sometimes like 12.30. I'm sorry. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> On the dot. Come on. But um, She's so, literally never been on the dot. I like maybe once. <laughs> and then you were late. I don't know. We yeah. Ninjas. No, she texts me all the time. Um, I'm going to be there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I cannot be counted on to be on time. Like if I say 12.15, it's 12.07. I just tell her, you know, just text me when you're on the way. And yeah. then I know it can yeah. estimate from there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I do get to see you every Friday yes. at some time between 12 and 1 for the farmer's market truck. You are actually on that route one of our biggest purchasers, which is really cool. Nice. So – which means that you buy the most from us. So how, how did you design a menu to incorporate such a variety? Because that truck changes every single week. Well, I mean, that's that's a big part of what we do at J6. I mean, you know, sourcing locally, responsibly, and sustainably, those are all big pillars of what we do. Um, 
you know, this whole thing where it's farm to table is a trend or everybody's doing it and everything like that. It's like, it, I, I hate the term farm to table almost as much as I used to hate the term molecular gastronomy. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, to me, it's your, that's what you're supposed to be doing. I'm not going around telling everybody, hey, I buy fresh vegetables from local farms. Like, no, that's what I'm supposed to that's do. That's the default. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do as a chef. That's my job. Like you have a social, like a social and, uh, and ecological responsibility as a chef in, in a platform like this, in a restaurant that you have to buy like that. You, this is how people have eaten for hundreds of years. So right. what are we doing differently you know, we're not, yeah. we're, we're taking great ingredients that especially produce that you guys are doing a fantastic job of sourcing for us and bringing to our doorstep. There's no excuses for anybody to be using shit product now. You know, yeah. you've, <laughs> you've, 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 you've taken that excuse out of it. So that, that part of the equation, like, oh, this is not accessible to me. No, that's bullshit because it is, this is all accessible. You know, we have, we have really great ingredients available to us coming to our doorstep. So why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Yeah, and it lends such great, you know, to your ability to be creative with dishes as well, like to take the product that's available to you mm-hmm. each week, but utilize it in, you know, in the in the, you know, in the menu items that you have and the dishes that you have and but tweak it a little bit to maybe yeah. there's like a, you know, just a slightly different flavor you want to add to that, you know, but yeah. it's you know, you're u- utilizing the the products that's the, the most fresh. It's in, you know like picked right the, the day before you know it comes to you. So. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing that's so exciting about it is like there's there's times where we get we get products in that that you guys source for us and we and you and you bring to us where I see a product that you know I I don't normally work with and we find a way to incorporate them. We taste them right there on the truck. You guys let us taste everything, mm-hmm. you know. And so sometimes I'll buy stuff just to buy stuff so I can play with it and and learn <laughs> about it, you know and and incorporate that in into our menu. That's what that's what this this craft is about, you know. And and you know, being at J Six has kind of given me that that opportunity to um, to learn and progress and and to to push you know our staffs uh, as well. You know, I want them to get as much out of it as 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 they can too. And so when when the farmers market truck comes, you know, it's it's kind of like a really cool thing where a lot of the staff comes comes out with us. Yeah. You know, and you've got like your social media people coming yeah. out. We've got like banquet cooks, banquet managers. Like you bring everyone out. It's yeah, awesome. everybody, everybody comes out. You know, I have dishwashers who want to come and see. You know what we're getting at the farmers market truck. And that's what's exciting about it is is not just being able to access these ingredients, but being able to share that with everybody as well. You know, I mean, there's going to come a time soon where I'm going to want to start bringing hotel guests out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that'll be really <laughs> fun. That that would be really fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll be on time for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they can kind of, uh, you know, be a part of, you know, what's happening and, you know, see see what you're bringing in and yeah. then see from how you get it, like how you source it mm-hmm. and then how you apply it. Well, see, and that's food. part of the that's part of the allure of it, too, mm-hmm. is that these are these are really great talking points with your guests, mm-hmm. you know, and we make it a point that when we when we go to the farmer's market truck, you know, not only is it easier to go through the hotel but we walk through the hotel with our farmer's market loot and there's been a couple of times where guests have you know stopped us and like oh my gosh where what did you guys get you know and so we 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 take that as an opportunity to not just market the restaurant but to but to open up that dialogue with our guests and say like hey these are some really really great ingredients that we got from you know so-and-so farm you know and uh we're featuring these on the menu tonight you know you should come by and and check it out and these are really cool things that you can you can talk about yeah, right. It 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 
brings a lot to the experience of mm-hmm. being in the hotel and being in the restaurant, seeing your chef, you know, walk through with all that stuff and then being able to go to the restaurant and check it out. Like it's, you know, we, I, I, I enjoy that, you know, even though I'm on, on a lot of times on the other side right. of like <clears throat> providing the produce or, you know, but when I'm in, in that experience somewhere, it's seeing people's eyes light up mm-hmm. and yeah. seeing things that they've never seen before, you know, and you get to like, ex- you know, experience that with them, but also explain to them all the different cool things. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're, like, you're oh. telling a story. And, yeah. And I know that sounds cheesy, but you're really telling a story with the, with the dish that you're, you're putting on. And that's the, one of the things that I talk to, to our cooks about a lot too, is that, is that you are the last hands to touch this product before it goes to a guest. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge responsibility for, mm-hmm. for cooks and chefs to really understand and grasp is that there is a whole line. There is a whole story of people whose lives have been affected by this one ingredient. You know, whether it is a, a piece of fruit or whether it is a piece of meat, you know, that, that whole process, you know, affected many people's lives along the way. Mm-hmm. It, it, it came down from the, from the ranchers and the farmers and the growers who, who uh, fed the, the livestock or, um, or watered the plants and, and made sure that they were growing healthy all the way down to the person who picked them and processed it and, you know, brought it to specialty produce and, um, and, and harvested. And, you know, there's a whole line of people who, who have been affected by this one piece of fruit. You know, and you get to, t- you get to be the last person to touch it. That's a huge responsibility. It is. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you're the last hands of that product to tell the entire story of what, of, of how it got to that plate. Right. You yeah. know, and so it's important that we treat it with the utmost respect and, and, uh, and care. Absolutely. Speaking of all of that, um, I would love for you to talk about your 90 day dry aged so it's a, it's around ninety days now. Okay. So when we when we first did it, <laughs> when we first did it, um, I was actually so the the funny story is I was actually in the hospital back in April. I had some surgery done, and literally like a day out of surgery, um, I have no idea why my mind went to this, but I called <laughs> I called one of our our meat purveyors. Um, you know, am I allowed to say? Them? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I called I called Jonathan Sachs at at Hamilton Meats, and I'm literally like in bed on, um, on Demerol <laughs> and I call him and, and I shoot him a message and I say, I need you to start dry aging some ribeyes for me. <laughs> and so I had this idea, you know, I, I wanted these dry aged steaks on, on our menu. Um, but for some reason that was one of the first things that I thought of, you know, coming out of surgery. Is, <laughs> You're like, I may feel a little loopy. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what I need. so right now we're, we have this really amazing steak. Um, it's, uh, it's from Aspen Ridge, uh, which is a, a never, never program, which is really, it's a really great piece of beef. And we're simply just cooking it in, in its fat, in its own fat. Um, and then we're actually serving it with bago on butter. So the, the, ins- the inspiration behind this is another Filipino dish called, uh, it's bistec. So it's, it's basically just cooked, um, slices of beef that are cooked in soy sauce and calamansi and onions and garlic. And so what we did here is we simply just cooked the steak, you know, in, in its dry aged fat that we've rendered off. We're serving with a, uh, with a compound butter that's uh, comprised of just butter and fermented shrimp paste. So we're just calling it shrimp butter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also, why do we get it too? <laughs> 
And um, but yeah, I don't need anybody on in in the dining room saying what's bagoon. Yeah, you know, so it's bagoong. Bagoon. Yeah, bagoon. It's bagoong. <laughs> it's it's a it's a Filipino fermented shrimp paste similar to XO sauce. Um, and so we're serving that alongside of the steak with um, we have some lobster mushrooms that we're getting from the farmers market and the amorosa potatoes. And we actually took onions and we just stewed them in the calamansi and soy sauce. Uh, and a little bit of garlic, and so that's our kind of nod to the uh, um, to Filipino bistec, and then we're we're actually also serving it with a calamansi and soy sauce that I I mm. remember as a kid growing up. It's very umami rich. It has garlic and and <laughs> chilies and spring onions in there. <laughs> It's a it's, it's a pretty fun it's sauce. Phenomenal. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so you've mentioned uh, calamansi yeah. twice. Yes. Can you explain? So calamansi is a citrus fruit. Um, it's kind of close to the flavor profile of like a tangerine and uh, and a lemon. Um, it's very highly acidic. Um, I mean, you you literally just squeeze a little bit onto a piece of fish and it already starts to denature, mm-hmm. which is a, a really um, potent acidity in in the calamansi. Uh, but it's it's a amazingly delicious um, citrus fruit there's there's floral notes to it it's it's a really fun citrus to incorporate into it right, so dishes. kind of it's kind of smaller and it looks yeah. like an, like a little orange or a little tangerine yeah. but it's really 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 sour yeah really sour really tart yeah really tart and it it complemented <clears throat> the beefiness and the funkiness of that dry oh yeah it's definitely so got some well. funk on it it's like <laughs> good <laughs> funk yeah like almost a, like uncomfortably funky but it's it was really good good. it's like what beef should taste like yeah and so yeah calamansi is also known as calamondin yeah um they're two similar names yeah i know when i was first trying to source it from you guys i was you're looking you know i was asking for a calamansi and nobody knew what the hell i was talking about and then they were like oh you mean calamondin i'm like what the fuck is calamondin (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean there because there's so many different names for all the different fruits and vegetables (laughs) that we try to have you know all all of that but most most I mostly heard it called calamansi. Yes, but it's also because you can see if you're looking at your screen right now. If you're watching us live, you can see, or if you go to Specialty Produce, you can just look up calamondin, and it'll show you it's a calamondin lime. But it'll show you different recipe ideas, and it'll say calamansi with the K, and then calamondin with the C. But they're both kind of yeah. In in the Philippines, it's usually with a K because there's no C in the mm. Tagalog oh. alphabet, so <laughs> it's usually with a C. Um. Yeah, that steak was amazing. And then table side, you also microplaned a salt egg over the steak. Yeah, so we're getting the um, the asinte buac from from you guys as well, um, and that is a they call it a dinosaur egg. It's it's essentially a, a salt um, that's made by one person in the world. Um, which is absolutely insane. That story is amazing, right? Yeah, and so it's it's cooked in a in a in a clay pot, and so the clay pot is is sitting on top of a fire that's fired with coconut husks. So there's this really cool smokiness to the dish as well. I mean, uh, to the salt, and so you can actually see once you break open the dinosaur egg or once you break open the egg that there are layers of um of the salt uh, reduction. So he pours the seawater in in the clay pot. He keeps firing it, and so once that first evaporation is done, then he pours in more salt and starts poking holes in it, and pours in more salt, and you can actually see the layers of smokiness that are that are um, that are being uh, kind of made throughout that pot, and then the pot cracks because of the intense heat, and then you're left with that that open pot, so it's turned upside down at that point. 
Right, so the top part kind of yeah. So the top is the, actually the bottom. It, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then you can flip it over, and then it cracks on the top where the heat's. Is the heat being applied to the top part where it cracks, or yeah? The the, well, the, where where you can see it right now, the where it's cracked, that's where the heat is applied. Oh. So that's essentially the base of the clay pot. Right, and so the Makes top sense. part is where it's being poured yeah. in, and then you flip you flip it over because when it cracks, then you can open it up and you. Yep. How do you? So how do you do? You, do you? Use... You just microplaned it over. I just microplaned it over the steak. Cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Table side giant presentation. Salt block. Yeah. It was yeah. Giant salt block just microplaned right over the steak. As as the finishing salt yeah. and that inherent smokiness actually does come through. There's a slight nuttiness from the coconut, which is really it's a, it's a very dynamic salt. Yeah, I loved it. I had never had it before. I mean, I've seen them here, and people have asked me like, "What's this?" And I'm like, "Uh, salt egg." Yeah, how do I apply this? Yeah, when I was there, I'm like, Anthony, I need you to tell me about this because I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> right. not actually salted eggs, which we do use a lot in the Philippines. They're like purple eggs. Mm. Um, but this, this is a, uh, a really phenomenal salt that, you know, is, is very special. Yeah. So if you haven't tried it, you should definitely order one and get one. Absolutely. Yeah. Try it for yourself. Put it on some seafood crudos, um, all kinds of stuff you can do with it. Heck yeah. Anything that you would apply salt to, which is, <laughs> like I would everything. hope everything. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing yeah. you must nice. use. Oh, you guys are on my Instagram right now. <clears throat> yeah. So you can find, um, Anthony on Instagram at chef. Insane. Oh, look at your son. Yeah, that is my son. So speaking of you having a son, so you have two. I have I have two kids. I have uh, a daughter who's 10 years old, oh. and I have um, a son who is three. Awesome. How, I like, it's very, your passion for your career and food comes through so strongly, and you have more talent in your pinky finger than I do in my whole body. How true. do you balance having... <laughs> Um, family life with a career like it's a tough a balance, yeah. you know. But the the big thing is is that you know, I mean, I have a very supportive wife mm-hmm. as well. She's you know, awesome. She's, she's amazing. Oh, and um, you guys are so cute. So I I think it's a, a lot of what what I do, a lot of that passion mm-hmm. that you know that I that I exhibit is is rooted in in them. Yeah, you know, and this is kind of a new thing for me. I mean, I'm not sure if you know anybody really knows, but like. You know, for me, you know, the past few years, you know, on on the career front have been a little rough for me. And, you know, I I lost passion. I lost I lost a lot of it, you know. And so for a while, I just I kind of I didn't want to cook anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to do this. You know, I, I was starting to look at you I know, do know. <laughs> other other career <laughs> avenues. And I kind of realized that I'm I haven't done this. I haven't done anything else for the rest of my, you know, for um like I haven't done any, anything else but cooking for my entire life, and so I really had a lack of options. It was either you make this shit work, or you, you know, you don't have a job. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of kind of finding, you know, this passion again was rooted in in them, in my wife, and my kids, you know, and it's a lot of the the dishes that you're seeing now, the Filipino influence. You know, when I first started cooking, I kind of turned my nose up to Filipino mm-hmm. food. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do Filipino food because I didn't think that there was anything of substance there. Mm-hmm. You know, I I started you know working in in uh, in French kitchens and you know and that was where I saw like if you know cooking is going to be the career, like I have to go you know to the best. And I didn't see any Filipino chefs at the time. There was yeah. Chef Larry on Channel Ten, you know, and <laughs> um, 
And that was it. He was he was the only representation that Filipino cuisine had. So I thought like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want to do, you know, I, I want to do, I want to cook for the people who are at the top of their game. And, and I didn't see, I didn't see that. It wasn't think, represented. It wasn't represented. And so when I, when I started kind of coming into my own as a chef and, and finding that, uh, finding that voice, it was it was kind of an epiphany between, you know, my, my wife and, um, you know, me meeting my wife, Elise, you know, who I'm not sure if she's listening, but I love you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and you know, one of my best friends at the time, Katsuya Fukushima, who I met working with Jose Andres. And there was a lot of, a a lot of, uh, uh, things that I was trying to do. You know, I was at Harney Sushi at the time I was trying to, you know, I was sitting in the back of a sushi bar and, you know, I didn't really get much attention. So I had to cook dishes that stood out, mm. you know, that, that kind of had a right. flash and bang in the pan, you know. And, and since, since after that, you know, I've kind of come into my own and it's, it's about finding that connection to the food. And instead of me looking elsewhere, it's like, why isn't this good enough? Mm-hmm. Why isn't the food that I grew up with good enough? Yeah. And it's, and it's not that it wasn't. It's right. just that I didn't know how to... I didn't know how to look at it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the dishes that we're doing now, it's everything that I, that I had growing up made me into the chef that I am. It made me into the man that I am. And so it, I want, I want to share that with my kids. I want them to see that, you know, who you are is enough. This is, there this is <laughs> <laughs> like what, what we are, like where we come from, like we should be proud of it. We should be excited and embrace that. And I want, I, I don't want my kids to grow up not knowing mm-hmm. where they come from. I want them to have that same food identity that I did, you know, because I mean, growing up here in South San Diego, you don't have, you know, such a tight connection to, you know, the, the relatives and the family that you, that, that you have in the Philippines. And so a lot of what we do or a lot of what we, what we had as kids was we were connected to the cuisine. We were connected to family gatherings where everybody had pancit and lumpia and, you know, those were the staples and, yeah. You know, being introduced to dinaguan as chocolate meat and, you know, and it's a, it's a, dinaguan is a pork stew that's cooked in chilies and garlic and pork blood, you know, and so they introduced you as chocolate meat. I want them to have these memories. I want them to have this food identity and know who they are and where they come from and know that, that where, that, that what we, what we come from, the circumstances that we come from, the food that we have, like this is good enough. This is who we are and you should be proud of it. And it took me a while, you know, in my own career to understand that. And so yeah. I want them to know that this is, this is who you are and you should embrace it and be excited about it. Yeah. So That's who awesome. in your, in your family was the one that, or the ones that were cooking this kind of food for you? Was it? You uh, my dad and my grandmothers. So yeah, my, my dad was a, my dad was a phenomenal cook, you know? And so some of my earliest memories was, uh, my dad was really sick when I was a kid. So he passed away when I was 11 years old and, um, I kind of had to grow up quickly. And so some of my earliest food memories was sitting, you know, with him in his hospital bed, you know, that he had in, at, at our house and watching Julia Child and Jacques Pepin and Martin Yan and Graham Kerr, you know? And so it was, it was those those shows that, that we would watch together. And then, you know, him still being sick, he would try to go downstairs and then emulate some of the things that we saw on, on the cooking show. So it instilled like curiosity and excitement, you know, and like that, that passion that he had, you know, just sitting in bed, you know, and it was something that him and I got to share together, you know, and instead of me, 
watching Saturday morning cartoons, we would be watching KPBS cooking shows, you know? And so that was, those are really, you know, great memories that kind of set the foundation for me. And, you know, he taught me about respect, you know, respect the food and the ingredients and, you know, where, where we come from, you know? And so one of the things I remember, you know, when at at five years old, one of, one of the, uh, responsibilities that I had was making rice in a Filipino house. You have to make, you have to have rice all the time, 24 hours a day. There's <laughs> rice in the rice cooker. And so it was my job before I left for school in the morning to make rice. And then when I got home from school, I had to make rice. And I, I remember I, I spilt some rice on the floor and I swear to God, my dad was upstairs. He couldn't see or hear anything, but then all I hear is like, you better pick up that goddamn rice. <laughs> You know, and then he was like, how many times have you worked those fields? Like, I'm five. Like, <laughs> I used to work those fields every day, every day. It's like, I haven't worked these fields ever. <laughs> right. But oh, he would man. hear rice drop and yeah. he was like on it. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. So memory. like instilling their respect, yeah. Yeah. respect for what has gone into Somebody that. picked that rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody worked those rice fields. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I I wrote something on my Instagram and my Facebook about my my experience, my dining experience at J Six from last week, and I said something to the effect of, "I've had your food at numerous restaurants over the years, numerous times, and the food that you are creating at J Six, it was so apparent that it was filled with passion and love and respect. It was like." It was an entirely different experience than anywhere else I've had your food. And I was, I mean, you've been inviting me into J6 since you've been there and I haven't been in yet. I, I hadn't been in yet. And I was kicking myself. I'm like, how many menus have I missed? Damn how many it? things? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, man, I, I can't wait to go back. It's, I'm, you're going to get tired of me. I'm going to be there all the time. Well, that's good. I don't think I'll get tired of you. Bring money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, seriously, because I've I have, I mean, I've known you since you were at. I want to say sushi. like nine. He years. mentioned fruit of yeah. the fruit, yeah, of, the soul. fruit, of, the fruit soul. of the soul is where I met my wife. <laughs> oh, I what? Didn't know that. Yes, fruit of the soul. Oh my god. <laughs> yep, I I met I met my wife. She was working for Amy DiBiase at the time, and oh, wow. she thought I was a complete dick. You know, Whoa. I I didn't. I as <laughs> soon as I saw her in Amy DiBiase's booth. Um, I went up to her and I was like, Hey, is Amy around? And then she turned around and I just saw her and I was like, Oh shit, something just happened. <laughs> Something's happening. <laughs> and I just, I knew, I knew that wow. that was going to be her. That's and awesome. so, amazing. Yeah. That's the second, second, second time I've heard that, but the, yeah. I, I can't believe that. I don't know. She's so crazy, <laughs> but that's, yeah. I mean, Fruit of Soul was special. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was yeah. a fun event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, was it nine years? That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. I've been around for a while. Crazy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the food here is just, it's different. You know, it's, um, you can really, you can feel it, you know, you can feel that, the I feel the difference of, of, you know, your progression of really, yeah. you know, trying. You know what it is? You stop trying. Right. You yeah. Know? You just, you know, it, yeah, it, it really like is. Instinct, you stop right? trying. You know, I, I stopped trying to do food that's going to impress you know it's like it's not about that it's about food that you have a connection to and that's one of the things that i talk to my staff about too is like if you cook what makes you feel something others will feel it too yep 
you know, Absolutely. And, and, and that's one of the things that you're going to start to see in some of the progression of the menu. I'm talking to my staff and, you know, they really have a hand in what we're doing at J62. And so you'll see some Korean influence. You'll see some awesome. Japanese influence. You know, I have, I have cooks from, you know, kind of all over the world. And so it's, it's exciting to see them be excited about the dishes that they grew up with. You know, I don't want this, the, the food at J6 to just be so monotone. I want, mm-hmm. I want there to be dynamic. I want there to be excitement. I want the, the people who cook it, people who are actually touching the food every day. I want them to be excited about what they're doing and have ownership over it as well. Right. And cause I've seen on, on your Instagram and on J6 Instagrams, when you have your other, you know, other cooks, other chefs in there, like with their take on something, mm-hmm. you know, and it's on the menu. It's, yeah. It's really fun to see, you know, that even though you don't print it on the menu like this, you know. Well, this, no, this is on the menu. <laughs> no, I mean, it, oh, it's yeah. not written. I mean, it's on the menu, but it's not written on the menu. Who's, who's, that, who yeah. the, you know, like who was the inspiration of this. So it's really fun to be able to understand that part of the story, too. Yeah. And if you come in and you ask about a dish, like I'll bring that person out. Yes. I will bring them out to your table. You brought and... out, uh, was it Cody who made the potato salad? Uh, no, Kenny. Kenny. Yeah. Kenny, yeah. Kenny did a, a potato salad that was inspired by his grandmother. And so he was using the Amarosa potatoes. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things where you get really great ingredients and you're inspired by that. And so yeah. um, one of my cooks, Kenny Oliver, you know, he's um, super passionate. You know, he, he loves what he does. And so it, it's exciting to see him kind of flourish and grow as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's really and, that's, and that's one of the things that's so exciting about what we do is that I tell them all the time. It's like my success as a chef is only contingent upon yours. I can... I can't be shit unless I make you guys something. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, you want to be able to have that that core group around you that you you know you you can influence. They can influence you because they're yeah. having so much about that give and take of of the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. You know, learning so much from them. You know, yeah. like seeing what they do and then taking that and and it helping you and you know your little bits of whatever helping them. So yeah, it's really cook inspirational. Like a, That's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Is this it? It's over? I don't know. Have I mean, if you want to no, see no, it, we knew our warm-up question. Yeah. <laughs> At the nice. end, our cool down. We have a cool down oh, question cool section. Down. No, wow. I don't know. Do we have a cool down <laughs> section? No, it's really just a warm-up <laughs> section. But can, yeah. you, can you do any stupid human tricks? Um, no, I'm not allowed to say it. <laughs> Okay, then. <laughs> the, Moving the, on. The first night I met Anthony, he did an exceptional Michael McDonald impression. Oh, yes. And every time I see him, you I, guys want, have already heard it. I want him to sing. Yamo be there. Yamo be there. So good. Whenever you call. You don't even know to, need to know words for a Michael McDonald <laughs> impression. There's no lyrics. It's just, oh. thank you you just have me laughing in the background i'm sorry i can't help it passion so much passion oh my gosh um do you have any kitchen hazing or pranks you've experienced oh Oh, god um i had my prep cook (laughs) had my prep cook the other day um in the freezer looking for five gallons of japanese boiling water oh <laughs> I we we like to have fun at J6. So there's all kinds of stuff that we we do. I've I've uh, um I've had cooks looking for uh looking for the salmon legs that we ordered. Um <laughs> it, it, all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. I was do. I was asked to drain the hot water yes, on the I love coffee that pot at the Prado. Just what? standing there with buckets of hot water. <laughs> 
So when I was at Burlap, one of my cooks left her um, left her cell phone out on her station. So I took her cell phone and I cryovacked it. <laughs> and she had an ice bath on her station. And so I, <laughs> I grabbed her cryovacked iPhone and she was like sitting there. She was she was prepping and I just threw her iPhone in the ice bath and she flipped out. She thought it was she didn't know it was cryovacked. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. No! <laughs> My whole life's on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's. I think we should end with the phone in the ice bath. Yeah, that's pretty All good. Right. Is that is that the mic drop? <laughs> mic drop. The phone in Boom. the ice bath. Uh, do you guys have uh, any special events coming up? Um, do you do any like special dinners or anything? Not you know over not right now. Up? I mean, we're right now concepting our fall menu. So, Ooh, when's be, that coming out? Oh, as soon as we're fall? done with it. Yeah, in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> we still got like another month of summer. Why don't you calm down? <laughs> So excited. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're so we're starting to concept that and we're gonna make the menu a little bit more social, uh, a little bit more whimsical. The ideas behind this menu is going to be classic dishes reinterpreted. Nice. So it, the fun thing with J6 is that it can kind of be whatever we want it to be. And so they're they're each season we're able to take inspiration from different, you know, whatever it is that we want to do basically and, and do some really fun dishes based on whatever it is that inspires us. Huh. So this this uh, this season, I really want to focus on teaching my cooks the the classics, you know, the basics, and kind of getting back to the foundations, you know. So um, that's a that's going to be a really fun thing. <clears throat> awesome. And so J Six has happy hour Monday through Friday, four to seven p.m. Um, cocktails, wine flights, craft beer flights, um, all kinds of good stuff. Tuesdays we're doing um, rose and ceviche for five dollars. Oh whoa. So we have a rotating ceviche that happens all the time, and uh, they're inspired from whatever our cooks are inspired by. Awesome. So um, $5 for ceviche, $5 for rosé, which is really a yeah. really good deal. Yeah, really good deal. And then we also have Upper East Bar, um, which is brand new. We just, re- we just redid the space. So it's not Lounge 6 anymore. It's Upper East, and that's on our rooftop. And uh, we do we do move around the clock on uh, on Thursdays, which is really That's really fun. a really cool thing. Oh, so yeah. five o'clock, five dollars for a glass of vuv. Six o'clock, six dollars for a glass of vuv. So on uh, and so forth. So come on down and get the shirt done. I like that. So you guys can see uh, more information on at j6restaurant.com, also on Instagram at j6restaurant and at Chef Sensei. And bring money. Bring money because <laughs> you might need it to get stuff. So maybe, yeah. maybe. Thank you, Anthony. Thank yeah. you. It's been a pleasure. I've it had sure a lot of fun. has. Yay! And don't forget, it's J and Six Street. Yes. <laughs> don't get lost. Geographically inspired <laughs> name. I like it. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.